Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Josie will read us uh, a scripture from French this morning from a very familiar passage from Hebrews chapter 12. As part of our sermon, we're going to read chapter, all of chapter 11 and ending on that passage from chapter 12. Thank you, Josie. And from... um, from the English. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Hebrews 11, 1 to 12, 2. Listen Listen for for God's God's word. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. That's pretty deep. That's right up there within the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Sorry for the interruption, Judy. Matt interrupts me all the time. But you're right, Matt. Did you hear that? I'm right. This is deep. The faith that the writer of Hebrews is so assured about has everything to do with God. God's redemptive work, God's will, God's call for justice and peace, God's heart, God's promises. Our rootedness to these deep, invisible, holy foundations is the stuff of what we call faith. We catch a glimpse of God's new heaven and new earth Not with the eyes in our head, but only with the eyes of our heart. It's deep. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Go on, keep going. Because Abel had faith, he offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. God was pleased with him and his gift. And even though Abel is now dead, his faith still speaks for him. Enoch had faith and did not die. He pleased God, and God took him up to heaven. This is why his body was never found. I hardly know who Enoch is. Do you all know about Enoch? 
But it's wonderful that he pleased God. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And the song... But without faith, no one can please God. We must believe that God is real and rewards everyone who searches for him. Because Noah had faith, he was warned about something that had not yet happened. He obeyed and built a boat that saved him and his family. In this way, the people of the world were judged, and Noah was given the blessings that come to everyone who pleases God. Abraham had faith and obeyed God. He was told to go to the land that God had said would be his. He left for a country he had never seen. Compared to Abraham, I have such a small faith. If God called me to go to Rantoul, say, or Urbana, I might go. But to a brand new place in a whole new land, that takes faith. That's the point, isn't it? God gives us what we need to do what God has called us to do and to go where God has called us to go. Because Abraham had faith, he lived as a stranger in the promised land. He lived there in a tent, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who were later given the same promise. Abraham did this because he was waiting for the eternal city God had planned and built. Abraham could discern God's promises, and Abraham could trust God's promises. Compared to Abraham, my spiritual vision is so poor, my trust is so weak, and my faith is so anemic. I've noticed. <laughs> Even when Sarah was too old to have children, she had faith that God would do what God had promised, and she had a son. Her husband Abraham was almost dead, but he became the ancestor of many people. In fact, there are as many of them as stars in the sky or grains of sand on the beach. This is how Eugene Peterson translates that passage. By faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at the time, because she believed the one who made a promise would do, this, do what he said. That's how it happened that from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now people numbering into the millions. Are we allowed to talk about loins in the church? I love that God created a whole people from two of the least expected people. But that's God's way, isn't it? God often uses the least expected people and equips them to do great things. People like, like you. And you. <laughs> It's just beautiful, isn't it, that God would use us. It's just marvelous. Amen. Every one of those people died, but they still had faith. Even though they had not received what they had been promised, they were glad just to see these things from far away, and they agreed that they were only strangers and foreigners on this earth. When people talk this way, it is clear that they are looking for a place to call their own. If they had been talking about the land where they had once lived, they could have gone back at any time. But they were looking forward to a better home in heaven. This is why God wasn't ashamed to call them their God. He even built a city for them. That's a beautiful thought. These examples of faithful people in seeking a homeland, 
It transcends this earth, a heavenly homeland. While they might have had heaven in mind, they were faithful in the here and now. They didn't just sit around passively waiting for some slice of pie in the sky. They made this place better. This place. And they were invested in their work in this world. But they saw beyond this place. Speaking of heaven, I hope heaven looks a little bit like San Francisco. An even climate, great views of the ocean, and good food from around the world. I hope heaven looks a little like Sanibel Island. <laughs> Soothing waves, warm water, warm water, long beaches, and motorcycles. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Nothing says freedom like sitting on the back of a motorcycle, wind in your hair, sun on your face. Who knew? This part of the sermon is sponsored by Harley-Davidson Motorcycles. <laughs> I've actually never ridden a motorcycle. <laughs> but God's heaven must just be out of this world. But I digress. The point here, of course, is that these faithful people didn't get too tied up in a place. They lived faithfully in their place and time, yes, but they kept their sights on a higher place. Mm. They were invested in something more than local real estate. They understood that God had more in mind than just San Francisco or Sanibel Island or Champaign. God had the whole world in mind, the whole cosmos, all time and space and matter. Just marvelous. Mm. This passage has the tendency to carry one away. <laughs> Abraham had been promised that Isaac, his only son, would continue his family. But when Abraham was tested, he had faith and was willing to sacrifice Isaac because he was sure that God could raise people to life. This was just like getting Isaac back from the dead. Compared to Abraham, I have such a little faith. Isaac had faith, and he promised blessings to Jacob and Esau. Later, when Jacob was about to die, he leaned on his walking stick and worshipped. Then, because of his faith, he blessed each of Joseph's sons. And right before Joseph died, he had faith that God would lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. So he told them to take his bones with them. Because Moses' parents had faith, they kept him hidden until he was three months old. They saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's orders. Then, after Moses grew up, his faith made him refuse to be called the king's grandson. He chose to be mistreated with God's people instead of having the good time that sin could bring for a little while. Moses knew that the treasures of Egypt were not as wonderful as what he would receive from suffering for the Messiah, and he looked forward to his reward. Because of his faith, Moses left Egypt. Moses had seen the invisible God and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. His faith also made him celebrate Passover. He sprinkled the blood of animals on the doorposts so that the firstborn sons of the people of Israel would not be killed by the destroying angel. Compared to Moses, I have such a small faith. Because of their faith, the people walked through the Red Sea on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do this, they were drowned. God's people had faith. 
And when they walked around the city of Jericho for seven days, its walls came a-tumbling down. Rahab had been a prostitute, but she had faith and welcomed the spies. She wasn't killed with the people who disobeyed. And what more should I say? What more shall I say? If we keep going at this pace, we're never going to have lunch. <laughs> well, a sermon is nothing without scripture. The writer of Hebrews has lots more to say. She's on a roll. Listen. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered, conquered kingdoms, kingdoms, administered justice, justice obtained promises, shut, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They, they were stoned to death, they, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. All of them pleased God because, because of, of their faith, but still they died without being given what had been promised. This is because God had something better in store for us, and because he did not want them to reach the goal of their faith without us. Us. Do you hear that word? We are included in this roll call of saints. Us, we, our. The writer of Hebrews is reminding us that the journey of faith continues and that we are part of it. You, me, we, us, our journey together. We take the baton from the long dead saints of the faith and we are called to join the race. I don't think of it as a race. I think of it more like a parade, a glory parade. We're all joining in the march. We're walking, walking to Zion. That's cool. I think of it as a square dance. We all make overhand stars and we bow to our corners and we promenade. We are in the dance of faith. The writer of Hebrews calls it a race. A race. Race, parade, square dance, or whatever. <laughs> we do it together. And we tried some of, our, some of the steps of our foremothers walked. We tread, sorry, we tread some of the steps that our foremothers walked. And, and we are doing it together. We, we uh, us, our journey together. It occurred to me to count some form of the word faith appears 24 times in this passage. I count 28. I count 27. <laughs> the word faith, y'all, is used a lot. This is Anaphora at work. Who is, who is she? Anaphora. <laughs> Anaphora is a rhetorical device in which a word or a phrase is repeated for emphasis. The word faith is meant to make an impact, and not only the word, but the reality. 
So these people had faith in God, and faith, faith, faith had them. Mm. It was because of this faith that they did brave, self-emptying, thoughtful, memorable things. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. The word faith is used over and over and over again, and 18 people are mentioned in this passage. 18 examples of ordinary saints, ordinary people who had a little faith or, or a lot of faith and who attempted by faith to live godly lives of faith. You used the word faith four times just there. I counted five times. But after talking about this passage long enough, the word faith just rings and rings. 18 people. 18 people are mentioned, not to mention the prophets. Well, there are three major prophets and 14 minor prophets, but is there really such a thing as a minor prophet? A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. This list is meant to encourage us. We are not only surrounded by these faithful examples of the faith, we, listen y'all, we are among the faithful. Look at the faithful people that preceded us, or listen, we, who are with us? Who inspire us? Who would be on your list of inspirations if you were to think about it? On, on my list would be Gandhi. You know, I mean, he was such a man of, of profound faith. Not a Christian, but a man of faith. Martin Luther King Jr. would be certainly on my list. David Lamott, no kidding, he's coming in concert here soon, and he's a friend and a, a man of deep faith. My mom and dad would be on that list. Reverend Andrews, uh, not Jim Andrews, though he would be on that list too, Jim. You'd be on my list. <laughs> Uh, but Reverend Andrews, Louis, Louis Andrews Jr., uh, Jeff Kellum would be on my list, the best man in our wedding. That's a start. Who would be on your list, Rachel? Well, that's a good question. I would put my mom and dad, uh, Marguerite Bergen. She was a mentor of sorts. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, because I really like how he writes. Carl Jung, he was a, a psychologist um, early on. Our sons, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's a lot. The Burroughs family, Bill Gamble, uh, Sandy Carr. Ministers like George McKinley here. And Leland Andrews. Leland Andrews. And our friend Adrian Davis. And mm -hmm. ministers like Heidi Weatherford. Name three people who'd be on your list. Think about it. Three people you would name on your list. And on the count of three, one, two, three, I'm going to ask you to share them out loud. So if somebody next to you is asleep, be gentle. Because <laughs> they'll be startled. Three people. Name three people on your list who have shaped your faith, who have inspired you in some way. And on the count of three, name them out loud, loudly, okay? Three people. Name three people. On the count of three. One, two, three. Joseph, mom and dad. John Gene Mark, Miller. My and mom dad. and dad. So, so mm. many names. Such a great cloud of witnesses. So many saints. And such a great collection of people on our lists, way more than three, both living and dead, old and young, people who, though they are not perfect, they have set examples of faithfulness. 
And not only those in our past, but those in our present and those yet to come. Generations of people as numerous as the sands have yet even to be born. We don't know them yet. But God, but God does. does. So great a cloud of witnesses have pointed and will point beyond time and family, beyond their specific place, to something greater, higher, transcendent. Their lives point to the grace of God we see most clearly in the face of Jesus. Jesus now. That's the name that tops every list. Yes, chapter 11 of Hebrews is a big lead-up to the name chanted above all names, Jesus. And Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He is our faith's founder. Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He's the cornerstone and giver of the faith in the first place. We may not always believe in God, but Jesus is God's proof that God always believes in us. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Years from now, somebody may recall your name, and they may say about you, this person's faithful love of me bore witness to the unfailing love of God. Or this person's ordinary faith pointed beyond itself to the extraordinary, out-of-this-world love of God. Years from now, people may talk about this church. They may say, this church has has been a family of faith to many and for a long time and has provided a holy space for worship. It has been a thinking place a practice place where folk grow in faith, share faith, question faith, and are shaped by faith. Do you think people will say that about this church? I hope so. That's what I say about this church. So great a cloud of witnesses. Say that with me. So So great great a a cloud cloud of of witnesses. witnesses. For all the saints we remember from yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we say, Thanks thanks be to to God. God. May God continue to kindle faith and nurture faith in this church and in her people in the manner of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. Amen. To conclude this sermon, I have a little song that I've written that Brandy's going to help me to sing about the faith and about all those people who've come before us and who are yet to come. As you all probably know, I write songs late at night to do theology, to think through the day, to make sense of it. And this is a song that was written around Thanksgiving time of this year. In my living room, after Rachel and the cats had gone to bed, Setting out the plates and the spoons Cousin Katie is pecking out Claire de Lune That piano rings just like a bluegrass song Turkey's cooking in the kitchen oven The family's here all kissing and a-hugging 
It smells just like Thanksgiving Day. Clouds are trying hard to snow. The summer's having trouble letting go. Gone, 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 gone. So many in our family now are and dance Sound of their laughter holds me in a trance It feels they're standing close at hand It feels just like Thanksgiving Day Still the clouds are trying to snow Summer's having trouble letting go. Gone, 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 gone. So many in our family now are gone. Friends, old and young, have taken to the sky and now are. say our prayers talk to the God we know who cares hear us as we sing our song and thank you for all those who now are gone in our hearts they all live
Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Thank you.